So we do something called Kitchen Bath Market Outlook, KBMO, to really look at the overall health of the KMB industry. So you build a report that gives insight into market growth for KMB, consumer spending, the trends, and then key kitchen and bath features. Obviously, a lot of information and data points that can be pulled out of that. So how do you, how do you boil it down to sort of identify where the, the industry is right now? The health of the KMB segment is, I would say, very robust, and that's probably putting it even mildly. And we don't see that growth slowing down in 221. Demand just continues to grow. Welcome into the Independent Thinking Podcast. This is your host, Rob Stott. You know, we're coming off of primetime not too long ago here, and uh, not too long before that, Nationwide Marketing Group had uh, a small contingent who took part in the NKBA's KBiz show, and uh, NKBA being the National Ki- National Kitchen and Bath Association, and uh, a group that covers you know, all the design trends and econ- economic trends happening uh, in the K&B space, and uh, always great to you know connect with the the vendors that are there. Our vendors, uh, another opportunity to meet with them, uh, even if it was in a virtual setting. But also to hear from NKBA uh, on on everything that they're reporting, uh, you know, th- for the industry from a, a trend standpoint, from an economic standpoint, and you know, gave us the the idea, the thought to catch up with them outside of the show. You know, when things are a little less crazy, and we can kind of focus in on some of the things that they're doing and and what it means to. Uh, you know our retailers, our members, and uh, the the space in general. So we did that recently. Uh, that that voice you heard at the top there was Pamela McNally, uh, the VP of Marketplace for NKBA, and uh, we had an awesome conversation recently with Pam about you know everything that they do uh, from their market report uh, that they release that NKBA releases regularly, and uh, also about their design trends and um, you know so what they're seeing you know from a, a business standpoint from the health of the industry. Uh, we talked about that a lot, and then also from the design standpoint, you know, a lot of great conversations and, and uh, you know discussions around you know how this pandemic has impacted design trends in the kitchen and bath, and um, you know also outside of the home as well. So just a, a lot of great insights from Pam uh, throughout the interview, and uh, that I've been looking forward to sharing for quite some time. So let's just go ahead and dive into our independent thinking podcast with Pam McNally of the National Kitchen and Bath Association. All right, we are back on the Independent Thinking Podcast, and I'm really excited. Today is a podcast we've had on the calendar for uh, a couple of weeks now, and uh, I'm excited to finally dive in with you, Miss Pam McNally of the NKBA, VP of Marketplace for NKBA, the National Kitchen and Bath Association. And uh, I, I know you guys are are not too far removed from your own show. We just had our prime time, you know, as we're sitting here recording last week. Uh, are you recovered yet from, from KBiz and, and everything you guys went through? We're definitely recovered. Looking forward to the 222 in person. Let me tell you, I mean, virtual, I, as you well know, didn't work out too well. But uh, uh, we every every show has their challenges. But uh, no, it, that was a big I, one though. <laughs> we uh, we're still you know a week out, and we're still. Re- I I'm trying to figure out when I'll be fully recovered from even virtual show. You know, I I look forward to getting back in person. These virtual shows, I swear, they take more out of you than being in person. It was um, definitely a challenge for the team. We've never done this. I think I could, I think a lot of people never have really taken on um, a virtual event. So yes, it was a bit of a challenge. Um, but I have to say, we did have that major hiccup, but we recovered, and a lot of the content ended up being on our site. Um, and kind of, to be honest, 
people went there and the whole thing kind of went smoothly after that. So we, we attend. Yeah. I mean, we attended and I, you get still get those conversations. It's, yep. it's not the same, you know, any virtual show, it, same with our prime time. Those it's hard to have those conversations in a chat or even like this as a, in a, in a virtual, you know, uh, video setting, but uh, the, it cannot wait to, to get back in person and, and just make those connections. And uh, you know, it, it is what it is. <laughs> you and me both. Let me tell you. <laughs> so before we dive into, uh, we got a lot of great content to dive into today, but before that, I just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background and, and kind of your role at NKBA. You're going to regret this. All right. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I joined uh, NKBA about eight months ago from Interior Design, which is owned by Sandow. Um, and at Interior Design, I headed up strategy, digital initiatives, and kind of new programs. So my background is mostly um, digital. I started out at print, but quickly switched to digital because if anybody who knows me knows, I like things that move fast and be flexible. So I've known the NKBA for years. They were one of my, my biggest clients. Um, and I've long admired Bill and Susie for what they've done at the NKBA. So right before the pandemic, uh, we decided maybe it'd be a good idea for me to join them because they really wanted to push some of their digital, they wanted to expand into digital. So about three months later, at the peak of the pandemic, um, I joined. I haven't met most of the people um, at all That's in person. Um, and I head up marketing and digital niches. And you know I work closely with sales on creating those big partner programs, which again, are another area where we want to expand. Great group of people really love what I do um, and who I work with. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. That's awesome. I, and I mean, think of my background, the just being able to cover this organization, a lot of great work, a lot of great, uh, you know, obviously the events is a, is a big part of it, but the research I think is really where it gets interesting. Um, and I know that you guys have the marketplace reports and design trend reports, uh, a lot of different, you know, initiatives coming out of NKBA that, sort of set the stage for, for, you know, the quarters to come, the, the years to come and, and what, you know, designers and retailers as well, you know, that, that have maybe some design offerings in their portfolio uh, to kind of keep an eye on. So um, I, I know we're going to single in on two today with the market research and, and the design reports. Uh, talk about the, the market research or the market report and sort of what that, you know, a, a little bit about it, how it's conducted and, and sort of the mm-hmm. significance of it for NKBA. So, you know, it's so funny because when I first started, I have never been in an organization where there's so many acronyms, accreditations, and then you have all these research reports. And I'm like, what? KBMI, KBMO, what the heck? You know, and I'm like, oh gosh, but the team was really patient. So I think I've got about 50% of it down right now. So you're gonna have to forgive me if I kind of fumble a, a tad. Um, that's why I'm hoping nobody's listening from the NK. <laughs> I'll let you in a seek. My, fav- my favorite part of the whole thing is research because it's an amazing team and they're so thorough. I'm really in awe what they do. And I have to say that awe is spread throughout the KMB industry because these reports that we do, our regular reports that we do for the KMB industry, um, and execs look for them um, to see what's coming ahead. So we do something called Kitchen Bath uh, Market Outlook, KBMO, which we do in partnership with John Burns Real Estate Consulting um, to really look at the overall health of the KMB industry. We do about, I'd say, two or three of those updates. You know, I think it's. Um, uh, beginning of the year, June and September, um, you know, we look at these very, very secondary research um, areas like the U.S. Census, National Association of, Reta- of um, Retailers, Housing Starts, and then we combine it with our own proprietary research, right, which is about nearly 5,000 consumers. So you build a report that gives insight into market growth for KMB, consumer spending, the trends, and then key uh, kitchen and bath features that, again, that these, you know, the KMB execs kind of look forward to see what's happening. Gotcha. So what, you know, obviously a lot of information and data points that can be pulled out of that. 
I, is there a way to sort of tell, you know, what is the overall health right now? I, we're coming off of a crazy year. Right. <laughs> so how do, you, how do you boil it down to sort of, you know, identify what, where the, the, the industry is right now? So, you know, what's interesting, the health of the KMB segment is, I would say, very robust. And that's probably putting it even mildly, right? Um, you know, we don't see that growth slowing down in 221. Um, demand just continues to grow. I think you hear about it, you see it. Housing and home improvements are leading us out of the recession. I mean, I hate to call it a recession because I personally think it was a depression. I can't imagine like such a drop that it hasn't happened in God decades, right? right. Um, so if you look at it, you know, total residential KB spend is projected to grow nearly 17% this year, okay, um, to about 160 billion from 136 billion in 220. I'd say that's a pretty healthy, um, you know, growth considering if you look at hospitality, leisure, and some other segments of the economy that are just struggling to stay afloat. Um, you know, so I feel like, you know, last year, definitely DIY was driving most of that um, because people didn't want anybody in their homes. I right. think as we move out of the pandemic and vaccinations, you're seeing larger remodels, um, people allowing people in to their homes and the two areas that they're really looking at are kitchen and bath. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll speak from personal experience. We have a, a local designer looking, you know, I, I know a lot of it at our kitchen to, to do a kitchen redesign. So it's uh, mm -hmm. a, a testament to, uh, I'm a, I'm a case study right now <laughs> so, for this space. Um, We're going to have to send our photographer over to you. Then. <laughs> uh, so I, I know a lot of it, you know, that, that growth has to do in attending NKBA and uh, attending KBiz and listening to, to Bill talk. Uh, you know, they're, there's a massive opportunity. It seemed like I, I know there's a lot of there's a between low interest rates. And then I know consumers, the, the static, the statistic was crazy as to how much, you know, the average home equity is right now. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, is that sort of stuff? And then you mentioned people sitting at home. Is that really what's driving this, this boom right now? Yeah. So if you look at what, so there are a couple of things happening, right? We have uh, kitchen and bath, new construction, which is driving a lot of that spend, which is about 22%. That's driving about 22% of the increase in the spending. And then we've got the remodels, which is accounting for about 10%, right? right. So most of that growth is really in the high end, um, mid to high end projects, because most of the, you know, the low end were DIY, right? DIY that was being right. done in 220. And there's this pent up demand for this mid to high end to have people come in and really renovate their homes. Um, I mean, it really is being funded by home sales, right? Or refinance. I mean, the rates are so low, there's never been a better time to sell or to refi. I mean, we're seeing those rates creep up, um, but research predicts that we're going to continue demand for housing and then also shrinking, shrinking supply. So the good news is that, like I said, people are turning to larger models and the shift to larger size projects is a reversal from what happened last year. Um, we're in, our members are increasingly finding consumers are coming back to these full scary models to accommodate, I think we all know what's happening, the changing needs of home life, right? Um, and I also think the staycations, I'm sure you've heard, I mean, no one's, I mean, for the last year, everybody's been home, right? Yeah. So help redire redirect these funds to home improvements. Um, and it's not just indoor, it's also outdoor. I think outdoor kitchen, showers, I think what you're seeing is um, a 50% increase in projects for residential outdoor living areas. Uh, about 60% are updating what they have and 40% are looking to add new. And a lot of this is being driven by outdoor kitchens. Um, you know, if you look at me, for example, I was never home. I was traveling two to three weeks out of the month. Um, I mean, I haven't been on a trip in nearly a year and been spending time and spaces in my home inside and out that I've never really noticed before. I have to be honest. Right, I was like, okay, right. I'm home. I'm going to put my bag away, see my kids, my dogs, and I'm out again. 
But now I notice and I understand completely like you why, you know what, you've got to like, people want to redo things. They're, it's not right. If I'm going to spend 24 seven in my home, um, I need to redo things. Right. You want to enjoy being there. <laughs> it's just kind of what it boils down yep. to. Yep. Now, you mentioned that the, uh, the, the, it's kind of trending towards those larger uh, scale projects right now. And I know that, you know, we, we had talked uh, previously about uh, kind of the, the, the supply and demand issue that, that's facing this industry. I know, you know, on the retail side, we're seeing just the products, especially in appliances, the backup, back orders yep. and things like that. Uh, materials, I know, as well as a, is a big issue. So as, as we see more larger projects, is that having, uh, what kind of impact is that having on those projects with the supply chain? So here's the thing. I mean, the pipelines are full and everyone is extremely busy, right? Um, and I got to say the big, there's two big challenges um, that are facing designers, you know, specifiers, remodelers. And one is supply chain lag and disruption and also finding, um, you know, uh, workers. You know, uh, skilled labor is really difficult these days to find. You, you, it's shocking considering that we look at the, you know, the unemployment rate and so many people out of a job, but we're talking skilled labor. Um, so the rising, also the rising prices of raw materials, you see what's going on with lumber, um, and that impacts everything. I mean, you think about it, um, you know, what our research shows is that cabinets anchor a remodel of a kitchen, right? People look at their cabinets it's the biggest thing they can see outside of appliances and say, I want to remodel. So that's the first thing they do. And then that kind of everything cascades after that. So now you're looking at cabinet supply. I mean, getting a cabinet into your remodel used to take weeks. Now it takes months, and that's probably being generous. I mean, I was listening to our um, our uh, NKBA live segment the other day, BNB, which Bill hosts. You know, Bill Darcy, our CEO, and one of the designers was saying that they had order appliances in July, and they still don't have them, don't expect it until March, wow. um, end of March, and that's this year. So that's kind of crazy. Um, so I think what's happening is that you know, and, I mean, it's good and bad. Bad because designers are, like frustrated; um, they can't get what they need. And I think the advice that I'm, I'm hearing from them is that you've got to be honest and upfront. You've got to be honest and upfront with your customers and let them know and actually probably overestimate the um, time for not only um, getting products, but also the cost because the rising, it's a continuous cycle. Um, and I have to say with the world where everyone expects everything in a day, thanks to Amazon. <laughs> thank you, Amazon. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you know, so there's a little bit of frustration, but I, I think what I'm hearing from designers is that yes, there's frustration, but I think people are much more accepting because the world has slowed down. Right. Right. You kind of get that, you know, we're still coming out of a pandemic uh, and and this is sort of, yeah, you can order your your groceries and, and small items like that online, but the, this, these are bigger projects. The, the industries have slowed down. The world has kind of slowed down. So it's, it's to be expected. I mean, I mean, think about it. No one's going anywhere. I mean, sure, you're frustrated, but at the end of the day, I think everyone's slowed down, been a little more patient. Um, and I think that that's, it's kind of something that our designers and our remodelers are seeing. So yes, there's frustration, but I think if we were in a situation like this two years ago and there was supply chain um, lag, I think it would have been a very different situation in terms of the, the customer. Cause I would have been home. I only have one day I'm home. I gotta have my stuff here at that day. Yeah. Um, and if I don't, you know what, my window closes. So I think you're seeing a lot of patience on the part of the consumer that's helping. Certainly. And what's the expectation as far as, you know, cause you mentioned those lumber issues and, and crazy, oh. obviously it affects the, um, the, the design side and, and, you know, building cabinets, but also we're seeing it on the furniture side as well. You need that same lumber to build couches and tables and things like that. So, I mean, we've heard sort of what it, what we expect on the furniture side. What do you, what do you guys, you know, what's the expectation as to when it sort of gets back to, 
any sort of normalcy with uh, what we we typically expect with the supply chain? Yeah, I, I, I don't think I can really answer that. We don't really have any research that indicates that, although, you know, there's got to be an end in sight, right? I mean, I think we all kind of assume, I think that if you look at what experts are saying that the return to a quote, well, I hate to say normalcy because it's never going to be normal. <laughs> you know, people are looking at two, three years, right? They're looking at two, three years for, um, you know, the jobs to recover, um, for industry to recover in certain areas, and maybe even five years. So will supply chain be three, five years out? Probably not. Um, but I mean, in my point of view only, my personal point of view, I think you're going to see this continue through uh, 221 and start to see it ease up maybe at the end of 221 because of the demand, right? Gotcha. And there's only so much demand, limited supply, you know, and look what's going on in Europe because Europe is going backwards um, and closing down. And, you know, so you got to, I mean, again, so that's, again, not no real projection, but just me, you know, thinking, okay, maybe I know. I for, those, for those that may, maybe, I, maybe you can answer this, the, the, the designers and builders out there that are uh, for our retailers, our audience, you know, they, they hear about these supply chain issues. Do we, what is the, the kind of the, the root causes? Like, why is it, obviously demand is a big part of it. Uh, when there is more demand, supply is going to go down. But what what are sort of those challenges that they're having sort of keeping up with? It? Are there other external factors that they're facing? You know, I mean, think about it, because for how long were we closed down? Not You couldn't even manufacture. I mean, even personally, you know, some of the items that we all expect to go and get at a store, we couldn't get. I mean, think of paper products, yep. because a lot of those factories, whether here in the States or overseas, were closed down, right? So then nothing was being manufactured. So then there's obviously a backlog. And then there's this spike in demand. And then before you know it, you know what? You've got, you know, trying to keep up and then look at what's going on in Europe right now. You're seeing factories close down again. Um, you know, here we haven't seen that so much. We've kind of come back and up and running, but you never know. So I feel like it's really, it's been kind of this push-pull situation that I don't know if we're, we're going to get out of until there's either herd immunity or everyone's vaccinated and back to work. Right, right. I, I want to switch gears a little bit. Uh, you know, we talked about all the the trends and and um, where we sort of see things going. Almost sort of the business side. I want to get into the fun side, the design stuff, the the look mm -hmm. and feel stuff. Um, and because I know you guys, you also do a design trends report. So talk about. Well, let's set let's set that one up a little bit and talk about sort of how you guys uh, go about it, what what goes into it, and and kind of what you pull out of it. That's something that we do, and um, it comes out once a year, and it, it looks ahead three years, which I love. Um, because I'm always looking ahead. I mean, in my past life, I looked ahead for digital, which is, you know, fun and, and I love futurism. So, you know, we look ahead about three years to the design trends in kitchen and bath. Um, and, you know, what we saw in our last one, which we just did, is we see some big shifts. Um, big shifts in the way the world is living, um, working, all these different things that are impacting, you know, kitchen and bath, uh, design of the home. And all of this is thanks to the pandemic, right? So I think what COVID had, has done is really up the ante for the home, particularly in high traffic spaces like kitchen and bath. So consumers are looking for easy to clean surfaces, flex spaces to accommodate work learn from home, more outdoor living spaces like we just talked about and increased storage solutions. So let, let's look at the kitchen, for example. If you look at the kitchen, what we're looking at is larger kitchens. Why? Because you know there probably isn't gonna be a return to pre-pandemic levels of, out, of um, dining you know, outside the home for a while. I think most people are now into cooking, being at home doesn't mean there isn't gonna be 
some dining, but I feel like it's never going to go back, at least not, I shouldn't say never, but not going to go back. So we're looking at open L-shaped layouts with large islands, bigger kitchens, minimal, minimalistic styles, and using mostly natural organic materials. Um, you're also seeing a move, as I said, to larger kitchens. Um, it's almost like we're taking, taking nesting to the extreme, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like anywhere you go today, even if you went to a Starbucks, which, you know, some people are still doing, there's never enough areas to charge or plug in. And which I would love for it to come at one point, we don't have to have plugs. Um, so adding more to the kitchen and even the bath, adding, you know, stations, charging stations, more plugs, um, especially in the kitchen where it's where you do everything. Now you cook, you work and you learn. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, I, it's kind of funny. You're speaking all the, the, types of language that, that we're kind of going through right now in our own remodel mm -hmm. is like, right. you know, adding more places to sit, more places to do things. And I, I know one of the things I hear you, you want a home that has sort of that lasting uh, design. I, it's going to, the, the words slip in my mind, but it has the sort of the, the design elements that are, uh, you know, kind of forever. They're not going to get outdated very quickly. So I, I know that's something that uh, we're, we're talking a lot about as well over here. And um it's just something that you said it a little bit ago, but you're spending so much more time here. And we see that too on the, the product side with, uh, you know, furniture, couches that you've been sitting in for the past year that are getting lumpy and uncomfortable and sound down to the, the kitchen tables. And, and you're spending more time at your kitchen table, not just eating, but working and, um, you know, hanging out and, and just living more at your kitchen table than you ever have before and into the kitchen itself and the appliances that you're cooking on more often. And uh, they're, you know, they had upgrade cycles anyway that were in like the seven to 10 year range because of just standard use. Well, we, you know, that was just maybe, maybe breakfast and dinner. Now it was breakfast, lunch and dinner. So right. uh, they're breaking down a little more easily. So just a lot of that uh, uh, turnover, if you will, in those products and and kind of interesting to see it carry over into how, you know, the, the design elements are impacted. So in your own remodel, how, how important was storage to you? Oh, we were adding cabinets around the corner of our kitchen where there was not cabinets before. <laughs> so. Right. So one of the um, things that we found is that consumers want larger pantries, storage yeah. areas, because no one wants to get caught without the extra paper products again, right? Right. Um, people want to go to the store less, less contactless exposure. So having more storage for food is essential. And storage to not only that, but hide clutter, you know, small yeah. appliances, Um you know, so that's all part of that came out as pandemic and then also coming out as things that are easily cleaned. You talked about, you know, you think about all of these surfaces, you know, materials that are easily cleaned, um, you know, indoor, outdoor materials. Um, so no intricate details, slab front drawers and simple or no crown molding. It's amazing how this is driving design um, yeah. and the way we design, right? So, and also consumers are trending towards lighter colored quartz countertops. Um, all finishes and materials but did you get a course? Yeah, counter we did. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> You're on trend. Yeah, um, right? <laughs> all these finishes and materials that have to be tough enough to stand up to alcohol and other ammonia-based cleaning products and anything antimicrobial is big, right? Um, so again, all this, it's so, it's so amazing to me how this is driving the design elements of a home. You never think, you never thought it would. Right. Now, do you see these being lasting design elements or, you know, you guys project three years out. So is that sort of, is this a trend that will last? Yeah. I mean, I feel like this was moving. We were moving to, even though our role is getting crazy, we were moving towards more simplistic, more efficient, um, you know, uh, you know, products in our home. Right. Because we didn't have a lot of time. And I still think that's going to continue. Um, 
you know, you, you think about it, when you think about what people are buying now, they're buying smart products, right? They're buying things that, um, that are efficient and easy and voice activation is big because yeah. no one wants to have to touch anything. Um, so I feel like that's going to continue because that's easy. It's simple. Um, you know, the one thing I think we are seeing that's kind of falling off, which has been big forever, is like think about stainless steel appliances. And maybe it would be interesting to ask, you know, um, the retailers, but they're losing momentum, still big. But what we're looking at is now we're looking at um, refrigerators that are in, that have integrated door finishes or matching um, with the cabinets around them. I don't know what you did, but, you know, yeah. they're expected to be as popular because it's easier to clean. Right. Yeah. No fingertips. I, you, you think about no, you, you think about the the different colors and things like that. I know, you know just as an example, where you, I think typically appliances were sort of something that you know the the space was they were fit, retrofitted into a space, it was all about design beforehand, uh, and then you were like, oh well, let's get the appliances now. You know, thinking about how as as we're going through it, um, we have the the finishes of the we're looking at matte black, so that that's just yep. a, a color, not not stainless. But also mm -hmm. then you think about the the pulls and the handles and, and things like that, that will match. It's matte black with brass accents on the door handles and things like that for the appliances and uh, for that the- Sounds beautiful. The, yeah, well, they're, they're right. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, so we're looking to either, we haven't decided yet. Maybe you can help the, uh, the pulls <laughs> on the cabinets, you know, being either matching the matte black or matching the brass accents of the appliances. I'm into matte black. And let me tell you something, you should look for antimicrobial. So there's yeah. a couple things, a couple products that really came to the forefront, you know, during the pandemic and even post-pandemic. Antimicrobial door handles for poles, mm -hmm. which I think is amazing, right? Because yeah, people want to, awesome. you know, touch things and not worry about, you know, passing on germs. Um, and also bidets. Now, yeah. I don't know if you were doing your bathroom, but you know, you're talking about a product that is big in Europe. People travel to Europe. They're like, okay, but it's not really big here. It hasn't been big here. And it's kind of like a novelty. So now all of a sudden, what do you have? You have smart toilets that do everything but wipe you, right? Yep. The lids close on their own. They flush on their own. And now you also have bidets, um, yep. which are becoming almost a standard because why? Uh, you know what? I don't want to touch anything. Right. And guess what? What was one of the things that we couldn't get during the pandemic? No <laughs> toilet paper, no toilet paper. Right. Yep. So, yep. Um, you know, again, driving a lot of this is that now am I saying every house is going to have a bidet? No, but you can see that the, that it was one of the products that spiked and, and continues to spike. Right. And it's kind of interesting not to say bidets are very tech tech forward or anything like that, but you talk about the the flushing on their own and lid shutting on their own. You know, you can set microwaves on their own, run dishwasher, run appliances, you know, with your voice. Um, technology has very quickly, uh, you know, creeped its way into kitchen and bath design. So, you know, how has this past year sort of pressed fast forward on that or, or were you guys already seeing that? I mean, we were seeing it, but not, I would say what's happening is that, you know, it's like VR, you know, um, virtual reality and augmented reality it used to be at the higher end. It used to be just a small part. But what you see is that, you know, as, you know, Walmart started to train their associates with VR, it started to kind of become almost a mass adoption. Middle America started to understand it and be like, okay, it's the same thing happening now. This is kind of pushed what was happening at the high end um, and tech savvy or tech forward has now pushed it down to almost mainstream. So almost everybody has some sort of voice activation or smart speaker or smart element in their home, no matter who they are, what their um, you know um, you know income level is. Um, I mean, voice activated lighting, touchless faucets, you yeah. know, smart showers that turn on or can be programmed remotely. I mean, heck, most people turn their car on remotely 
you know, from two or three miles away, why can't I turn my shower on? So there's all this expectation, not just at the high end, but also creeping down. So yes, I think it fast forwarded all of these trends that probably would have taken another three to five years have now been moved forward. And again, another reason why our supply chain, because the expectation wasn't that these type of products were going to get into mass adoption. Right, right. No, absolutely fair. And is there any, you know, I think on the consumer side, you know, when they they think about the refrigerator being uh, having a big smart screen on it and touch screen, you kind of relate everything gets related back to smartphones these days. And um, knowing that, you know, I can buy a new smartphone or I'm typically going to buy a new smartphone every year. Uh, you know, is there any concern or, or what's sort of the, uh, the, the, the feeling, I guess, on the design side that, you know, there is so much technology now, does it, is it seem like, does it seem like an opportunity or a challenge that, you know, consumers are going to want to possibly, or, you know, feel like they have to upgrade more often their kitchens and, and bathrooms with this stuff? I don't think so. I feel like, you know, most of your smart technologies run through an app. And so you would update maybe through the app. Um, I, I feel like people are tired, tired of, having to update. I don't know about you, but every like, you know, every couple of weeks I have like 20 apps I have to update. And it's like, all right, enough already. And every time I update my phone, I always lose something or, you know what, my contacts are wrong or something. So I think you're going to see a transition for people not wanting to update or, I mean, sure, there's always going to be these tech savvy or tech forward people that always want to be at the forefront, but I'm like, you know what, I don't need them. I don't need the, the uh, top phone anymore. I, what I have is perfectly fine. I think you're seeing this acceptance because people just don't want to deal with it anymore. And it's, it's also kind of a sustainability thing. You know, what happens? Sure, we're going to have some of them being um, recycled and reused, but it's more like, you know what, I don't really need that extra feature. Um, so I feel like, you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to be the impetus to change kitchens and baths and other areas of the home. I think what you'll see, though, is layering on new types of technology, right? So instead of using your phone, you might have voice activation in surrounding in your home. You know, is it is it integrated into your security system, your entertainment system, so that it's not really just through your phone. I could walk in and just start talking to my home. Hopefully it talks back because nobody else talks back to me. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm hoping it talks these, back to me. It's quiet um, around these parts. <laughs> yeah, right? No. So one, one thing I want to close on, uh, you know, you, you mentioned it a couple of times throughout and it, it kind of sparked my interest because, you know, we have a, an outdoor uh, segment of this, this membership and, um, you know, they, it's typically been focused around, you know, grills and some outdoor furniture, but uh, talk to me a little bit about the, the design trends you're seeing in outdoor kitchens. Cause I, you know, we see them, you know, watch just watching uh, channels like HGTV and the, the luxurious, luxurious looking kitchens that get designed for outside. But you know, what, what is sort of the, uh, the way things are trending in outdoor kitchens and in, in those living spaces? Right. Well, let me just say, I love HTV because everyone <laughs> thinks they can redo their home in like a day, yep. um, you know, from the ground up, by the way. Um, or I shouldn't say maybe in a couple hours. Um, I think what you're seeing is, you know, you're seeing people, like I said, there's about 60% that are redoing what they have. And, you know, basically what that means is expanding living areas outside, because you're going to have people over, you know, even now people don't want people in their homes, right? So yeah. you want to expand your living area, some more seating. Um, you know, maybe you just had a kind of a mediocre grill. Now you want to add an outdoor fridge, um, you know, an ice maker. You want, um, you know, a larger grill so that you're doing built-ins outside. And then you want to have a covered area because obviously, you know, think about the Northeast, um, you know, think about the areas where, you know, the weather impacts. So I want to be outdoor. Um, I want heating components outdoor. I mean, would you ever thought, 
you know, again, mainstream heating components. I mean, what are the one, what's the one product you couldn't get anywhere during the winter was, you know, those heaters, yeah. right? Those portable heaters you couldn't because everyone was outdoors. So I think what you're seeing is kind of like the trend that had started probably two, three years ago, indoor, outdoor in maybe in the South in California. And you saw a little bit up here in the Northeast, but I think you're seeing the outdoor really come in and the indoor really go out. Um, so, you know, kitchens that are replicate of what you have indoors, um, seating areas, uh, entertainment areas, um, you know, outdoor TVs, um, you know, fire pits, which we all know are, are another big area and then covered spaces. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And, um, uh, just thinking about the, the Northeast, I'm in Philly, so not, not too, you know, it, it gets all four You're seasons. Not, that far. You're not, that <laughs> no, far not, not at all. New York. Uh, yeah. So I, I know what those, uh, those four seasons can be like. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it just, it, it's again, another example of how the, the pandemic sort of pressed fast forward on a trend that was already sort of happening. Uh, you know, people wanting to be outdoors and uh, not gathered in those small spaces, indoors, socially distanced, and just get that fresh open air. Um, and, and it just, was like, all right, well, let's take these kitchens outdoor and uh, yep. see what we can do there. So no, that that's awesome. And uh, I think speaks to, you know, we're seeing a, a, a big push that way too with outdoor, you know, more people being interested in the idea of uh, extending their living spaces outdoors. Uh, you know, we've spent so much time cooped up in our homes that you want to get out, even if it's just out back for a little bit, uh, you want to have a, a comfortable space to, to entertain and, and uh, just exist <laughs> outside. And also driving so. and you know what, also driving home sales. Because yeah, people that were in a home that they never were in, didn't spend time in, had a small yard, now want a larger yard, a pool, which, by the way, pools are becoming less of a thing now. They're becoming more of a thing, outdoor space. So a lot of that driving the, you know, to upgrade homes, to move. Um, so, yeah, crazy. So lot, lots to look forward to. And, of course, you know, more market reports that, that we'll dive into in the future as, uh, you know, you guys continue to publish. So, uh, Pam, I, I appreciate the time. This was an awesome conversation. And. Uh, hopefully catch up again soon, maybe in person before we know it. <laughs> I, I would love that. Thank you so much. You've been amazing and I've had an incredible time. All right. And again, a huge thank you to Pam for taking time and uh, diving into both of those reports and sharing some really awesome insights. Uh, you know, and I guess also for offering me some uh, in-home tips and uh, reassurance that we're, we're on the right path in our own uh, kitchen remodel here at, at the Stodd household. Uh, but uh, honestly, just a great conversation, really a great opportunity to catch up with NKBA and uh, hear their insights and, and things they're following. And hopefully uh, you were able to pick a thing or two out of there and uh, maybe apply it to your own business and, and what you guys are doing in the kitchen and bath space. So uh, appreciate Pam. And as always, appreciate you taking your time listening to the Independent Thinking Podcast. And we will catch you next time.